This is The Shift with Drex, on demand. Welcome to The Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. Uh, a few weeks ago, I introduced you to Brandon Alexander, a friend, New Age Gents, on the Instagram and the socials. It's an idea that uh, men can be men and vulnerable and open and loving and still be masculine and, and caring and, and setting that by example. And I, I was asked flat out uh, to bring it back. And uh, Brandon is here with us. Brandon, it's true that um, the whoa, mind-blown emojis were texted in and uh, that guy needs to come back on. Was texted, emailed, or messaged to me in multiples of ways. Um, so welcome back. Thank you for having me, man. I mean, you, you and I have definitely cultivated a friendship as my dog is hunting for raccoons. Um, <laughs> give me one second here. Yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. We want to listen, so. Oh, he muted himself. I wanted to hear it. <laughs> oh, you wanted to hear the 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 the, the yeah. I, the mean, dog. He, I mean, you you see this guy. Oh, he's pretty big. Look at those ears. He's big. <laughs> he's a big boy. Hey. And then his brother, his brother's hanging out over there. So you know, when we do these interviews, I like to hang out back here with the boys. And but anyway, no, it's a, it's it's really good that um you and I have found our way to each other, man. Yeah. Truly. I could be more grateful, um, you know, for the conversations <laughs> we've had off the air, uh, yeah. the ones that we've shared on the air, um, uh, the space you give me. It's really cool. And I got into a conversation, Brennan, last week uh, with a listener. Her name was Angel. And she asked a question of the audience. She said, I truly am looking for help. And the question was very simple. It was, why does my boyfriend return my Christmas gifts every year? And in that conversation... You know, I think we understood that there might be a bit of a uh, love language miss there. There's some caring around money. Um, I saw it as honesty uh, in regards to gifts, liking gifts or not liking gifts. I mean, I, I there was all kinds sure. of ways we went about it. But the question that came up that made me think of you was, was why do men feel like we got it? Because not only did Angel ask us why her boyfriend had returned the gifts, all of us being men um, chined up and always had an answer. So not only did we, uh, did we have it about the gift? We had it with the advice for angel too. Like we've always got to mm. have it as men. And I just thought of you and thought right. maybe that was a good ball to bat around. I think that the, the, the ball now that it's aimed in my direction is um, I can't, I can't assume why he didn't, I don't know his story. Mm-hmm. I don't know I, because, and this is kind of funny starting to our conversation earlier, but I don't know his story around gifts and I don't, I don't know his story around receiving and I don't know his story around giving. And so to, to generalize this, this particular individual um, would be unfair in the story because each person in this equation has a story. She has a story around giving gifts and he has a story around receiving gifts which means that also has a story around him giving gifts. Mm -hmm. So then what is his story? But her, we clearly know her story around receiving. Mm -hmm. 
she's triggered by not getting a gift back. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think it, it's only fair to, to, to then turn to the man, turn to the person who didn't give a gift uh, and, and to discover why mm-hmm. create a space, like, you know, create a space and have that conversation around gift giving. Um, and the, the book, you know, the, the, the five love languages is not the only way to get that answer. Mm-hmm. It's not the only way I think to get that answer. You can take that, acknowledge it and not take it personal. That's to me, that's one of the biggest things we can do, um, in, in a relationship, uh, in regards to, okay, you're not doing the thing that I want, but I'm also not, I'm also not asking you for the thing that I desire, but I'm taking note when you don't do it. So then you are actually wanting the gift. Yeah. Want, wanting the acknowledgement or it. wanting yes. the, um, you know, acceptance or the acceptance around it. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's hard. But from the from a man's perspective, we do have this pattern. We have this pattern. Uh, you know, we joke about it all the time. In men don't want to ask for directions. We right men want <laughs> men want to fix the car themselves or try that first. Or we want to try to assemble the IKEA table without the instructions first. Right? We would rather screw it up. Yes. And yes. I mean, it is safe to throw that ball at men and say, you know, we do have this thing of. I got this. Why, why do, you know, is our ego so much so that we need to prove our, our mass in today's world where we used to, you know, go out and hunt food all day today's world, because we don't have to do that. We, um, we instead prove our, our masculinity through assembling furniture. It's, It's interesting because the, 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 the dynamic is so different, right? In that regard, it's like, yeah, you can, you can, for the most part, throw a generalized ball in that direction um, from different men that I've seen uh, where, um, I, I, man, I watched something happen today in conversation where I literally watched a guy who I previously had a conversation with have one take on a theme and then later switched his theme based on the person, the man he was talking to because he felt like he had to like match ego and match bravado with him. And I listened and I was like, wow that's a completely different shift. And I'm not going to, I can't, I can't signal that I see the difference and I can't signal that you're fronting in front of this other guy, but in private, you had a different conversation with me. Mm. And so, and so I think that's what you're, what you're, you're getting at is this idea that men, that their egos can get in the way um, in particular situations. But when it comes to this particular one, with the gift and, and receiving the gift, I'm very particular about gifts. I'm so particular about gifts. If I don't feel like I am emotionally uh, and 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 spiritually and, and mentally connected with someone enough and they give me a gift, I'm more likely to not give them a gift because I don't feel like we are there. No matter what that person chose, no matter what that person is perceiving or thinking they want to do to, to speak to me, if I don't feel safe enough and I don't feel that open enough to then give a gift, I won't give a gift. That's interesting. I mean, it is our choice to give yes. a gift. Yes. And I do create separation between decisions and choices. So, um, yeah. So if you want to give a gift, then you give the gift. And if you want to receive the gift, then you can or Cannot, cannot receive the gift. I mean, that would the be gift. the decision, right? 
that yes sir um yes sir because giving a gift usually comes from some sort of inspiration a true gift i don't mean like hey by the way i needed to get you something so i got you socks i mean like (laughs) the more the moment that you um the moment i'm deeply romantic as you can tell um (laughs) the um no but that moment where you see something and then you think of somebody is usually a, a pretty deeply rooted moment so choosing to give a gift, you know, hey, Melanie's going to, oh, I got to get that. Melanie's going to love that. That's exactly what she was talking about. Or this inspires me would be choosing to give a gift as opposed to yes. um, um, doing that. And there should be some peace in that if you get it wrong, Ooh. in that that person doesn't love it, um, I think you got to be prepared for that. I think that that's, that's part of the deal is, uh, you know, may, maybe you don't have it right, but leaning into the moment of inspiration as opposed to the moment of acceptance. Am I, am I following? Cause I think I'm following. I think one of the most amazing things that I, I experienced in one of my, my last, uh, romantic relationships was, uh, her calling me out on the expectation behind what I might've been giving, right? So if I set up this big, this, this, this extravagant ordeal and, and she's already told me, I don't do extravagance, something against you. I just don't receive a big, a lot. I don't do well with surprises. And I'm like, no, 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 I got it. And then go and do big extravagant surprise anyway. Yeah, exactly. So you just said it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. No, I heard you. Yeah. I was listening. And then still, but I'm like, oh my God, but she's going to love, she's going to love, she's going to love. But just because there are things, and this is such a great um, uh, practice for me to put in, to, to implement, because of my mind, I, I I know with someone from what I see, you know, okay, they love dogs and they love being outside. And then, so let me put all of your favorite things and put them into one event. But what really would speak and what was really speaking to her were the very, um, in her world, ordinary moments. She, what really spoke to her was um, going for a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, what really spoke to her was a, moner, a, a real moment of vulnerability for me. Uh, and I would have to fight my urge to use this other love language to speak to her. And in reality, if someone's saying to you, I don't speak Spanish, I don't speak Spanish, I don't speak Spanish, but you're like, but I just want to practice my Spanish on you. And then you're like, como esta? No? Muy bien? Todo bien. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at you like, I don't, that's not translating to me. I got it. You can speak Spanish. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. I need this from you. That's interesting. You can speak it doesn't mean I can hear it. Shane? <laughs> yes, sir. That's yes, amazing. Sir. Yes, sir. And and so I then um by I had to look at myself then and I said, ah, and this is kind of a conversation we had uh, earlier today, but I had um I had this expectation to the outcome that if I do all of this, this is gonna say this, she's gonna see this. And then she'll know that I'm just this most amazing man in the whole, whole wide world, even though I already know that. She's going to see that. But then when she doesn't receive the gift, the truth of the matter is what it would do to me. Right. 
She's not happy. She didn't like it. How did I mess this up? Yeah. You know what comes to mind for me? And as corny as this is, is every time a man buys a woman lingerie for Valentine's day (laughs) is how is that gift really for her? It's not, it's not, it's not not at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. Please don't take this as advice of never buying uh, because maybe your, maybe your person loves it and it's loves to wear it or whatever. So please don't take that as me. Everyone's got their own thing. I got to save myself a bunch of text messages, but, (laughs) but it's true though. When we go out doing that stuff, it's really not for her. For them. Yeah. It's for us. Disguised Trojan horse. As no no pun intended with condoms here, but <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> but, but uh, it's a Trojan horse for your own to gift gift back to yourself. But you know, I did have someone tell me, you know, um, I, I I feel sexy. You know, I love I love lingerie, and it's actually the same person that I, I was talking about previously. Um, it was kind of odd because I, I uh, in one instance I was like Victoria's Secret gift card for Christmas. It was like seventy five dollars. I knew they had a Christmas sale going on. She went crazy. She had a great time. Hmm. She enjoyed buying things for herself, right? And I knew that I couldn't have uh, an expectation of the outcome of I'm going to see her in every piece of lingerie that she bought with that $75. I just knew that it actually did make her happy. And that was the fulfilling um, aspect of that of that gift. But, um, you know, but in, in, in this conversation, and kind of what's stirring me is, you know, often we talk about giving a gift in a sense of material. And I think um, another gift or the other the other side of gifting is the emotional gift or the space of vulnerability gift or the listening gift and how that affects people that um, you feel like. And I, I think you, you kind of have to check yourself, right? Just because someone gave you something emotionally, spiritually, um, mentally in a moment doesn't necessarily mean you have to top them or give them that back. Yeah. I would add into the, um, the possibility that they give you the gift because you already gave them a gift, right? It's like a chicken and the egg scenario, right? Like imagine a world where we could instead think of it from the perspective that someone just gave you a gift. I mean, they're not giving it to you for no reason. You Dumbo, like they're probably (laughs) giving you a gift because they like you. Like it's possible that you've actually already given them a gift and I, I had that happen to me. I have a friend of mine, and I'm not going to name drop because it doesn't matter who it was, but I can tell you this. He's extremely successful. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me go continue. He's extremely wealthy. And, um, <laughs> and so the reality is, is that I got up, we were sitting together, we were outside, and um, uh, it was golf. And, and I said to him, I said, hey, uh, are you cold? I'm going to go get a coffee. You want coffee? And he's like, oh God, that'd be amazing, please. And I went and got him a coffee. And he didn't really say anything to me, but it changed my relationship with him. My friend, my other friend who was with us, um, said very clearly, said, um, that was amazing, by the way. And I was like, what are you talking about? And um, he said, um, he said, well, nobody ever buys the rich guy coffee the rich guy is always expected to buy the coffee. Yes. And um, not only did you just do that, um, but you noticed that he was cold and he offered to make him warm. He, and so 
I, I didn't, mm. it wasn't a big thing. It didn't turn into a big thing. None of it really matters. And in fact, I've still never spoken to that person about it, but I can tell you this, I can tell you that my relationship with that person has changed drastically since that day. And, um, in fact, I know that that person didn't even speak to my friend about it. And it was just an observation and it was just a moment. Yeah. Look, I've seen, I've seen this before and I know how this happens and, and that was amazing. And, and so the gift that was, I was grateful for the time with this person. I, I quite enjoy my time with this person on many levels. And I was giving the coffee was a gift back. You're cold. Let me care for you. I'm going to get you a coffee. So if the expectation is you're going to give me something in return, well, you've already given me the gift. And that's what I'm starting to realize now. So to piggyback your coffee story with another coffee story, um, at the stables that I ride at, there is a, a family that comes and the daughter goes for her hour lesson at noon and she has a younger brother who is not interested in riding at all. He's five years old. He's right. I think he's like five. His name's, his name's Ben. And Ben will come and he'll hang out. He's running around the stables. He's just being a kid. But one day I noticed him and, and I started like having a conversation with him, you know, and, and treating him as if he was his own individual, that like, he wasn't someone's kid or someone's child. He was his own individual. And I was like, Hey, do you want to come clean saddles with me? And he was like, mom, can't, you know, he asked his mom for permission. Fast forward to, I want to say the last weekend, Ben comes running through uh, the barn and then I see him. He's like, Brandon. And I'm like, Ben. And then this, this older woman is with him and she's like, you're Brandon. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Brandon. Nice, nice to meet you. She's like, yes, I'm Ben's grandmother. And I'm like, oh, so nice to meet you. When is, you know, when are, you know, his mom and dad coming? She said, oh, they're not coming today. Grandparents have them for the day. So then she says, well, my husband, X, Y, and Z. Grandpa comes around the corner. He says, are you Brandon? I want to do my old Jewish guy voice because he's actually an old Jewish guy. <laughs> he's 85. Yeah, wow. Well. And so warm. And he says, uh, my, my Ben, my, my grandson, he, he says, I have this friend, Brandon, and we talk and he's my friend. We're going to Starbucks. Do you want anything? I said, yeah, I could use a vanilla latte. I reached my wallet and with his hand, the probably the warmest hand. I'm over-exaggerating. It's the actor in me. <laughs> but I get it though. Yeah. Dramatic pause. But softly and warmly, and I, you can see my hand, but they can't. Like his hands are like this, and they cupped right when I was going to get my wallet, and he stopped my hand, not forcefully, but I just looked at him. It's my pleasure to buy you coffee. Huh. I want to make sure I got it right. A vanilla latte, two sugars, two cream. Oh no, that's not. You know, he he just took his time. He goes to Starbucks. He comes back. He hands me the coffee, and I said, I said to him, I said, "You're so warm." Just what he says, Brandon, this is the way. He says, I've always lived this way, and I understand that it is the only way for a man to be. So I messaged the mom later. I said, I met your dad, and he's incredible. And I said, I feel like he's the warmest guy I've ever met, but he still is like a very masculine, like firm in his in his in his being kind of guy. And she said, you know, my dad, my dad was very disciplined with us. And he, and he is just as warm. And I'm glad you see that. And I said, you've got a special, you got special men around you. I said, Ben, your son 
is one of the most emotionally intelligent young boys I've ever met where he is still getting dirty and playing with trucks, but he doesn't, he's not afraid to express how he's feeling and what he's thinking at all at five years old. And so I, I, I'll never forget that the, as you said, you know, you might've given someone a gift and not realized that the reason you're receiving one is because you gave something already. I never talked to Ben with the intention of him telling his grandparents and his grandparents saying, you were here for my grandson. How can I warm you up? Right. How can I bring you a cup of coffee? What can I do for yeah. you? I'm going to make friends with this little guy just so I can get a free latte one day. Right? <laughs> Nobody does that. But, but Man, I hope you're taking notes. Yeah, Ben, by the way, uh, clean the saddle this way, vanilla latte. <laughs> <laughs> right? I suppose there are people out there that do that. Brandon Alexander is my guest at New Age Gents on the socials, um, gentlemanly conversation, support, and conversations. As I've shared before, I am a I'm a big believer that the way that we speak to ourselves as a words guy is the key to finding clarity. The way we speak to um, each other and ourselves. So in this conversation, Brandon. Um, this is how we change the world. I believe that my version of it is uh, getting there is a little bit different than yours, but boy, oh boy, they are side saddled the line since we're talking about cowboy stuff um, more than um, I could ever have imagined. You said, uh, as we finished the last segment there, you said um, the story of the grandpa, the story of the old man, this is the way to be. And I mean, you're in your thirties. I'm in my forties. When we, when we look at life being old, we kind of look at that as grandparenting, don't we? We kind of look at that as men. We kind of say, well, when I'm a grandpa or a papa or a baba or whatever it is, um, you know, that's when I get to be kind. Like it's some sort of destination to get to, don't we? Right. I, I, I It's funny because I think five years ago, uh, I saw like a bunch of men in Texas and they were all pot-bellied. And the kids always sat in their lap and they would tell stories and they'd have, I mean, a thousand stories to tell. And I remember saying to my mom one day, said, I'm going to be that kind of man one day. And then fast forward to now, you know, I, I was like, I don't need to wait. I don't want to wait until I'm a grandpa to be that warm storytelling, kind, compassionate person. How at 32 can I exemplify that? How now can I be a kind and warm man and a society that is accustomed to cold men in different aspects? How can I bring warmth to the world with my love, with uh, how I speak to people, how I speak to children? I don't talk down to them, but speak, at the, speak to them as if they can comprehend. It was the most, it's the most mind-blowing thing. I used to talk to kids like, uh-huh, do you want the toy? like yeah and they're looking at me like dude get at it like you, you, you i'm not stupid i'm five but i'm not dumb so giving them the respect that they can comprehend and if they don't comprehend if you explain to them in, in a way that they can understand that they will get they will grasp the concept or be put in a situation where they will grasp the concept and so i have the opportunity now to practice that kind of warmth and practice that kind of love and kindness and compassion for every person I come into contact with. And then eventually people say, Oh, you're such an old soul. I don't think it's about being an old soul. I think it's about being in touch and understanding your soul. Hmm. I, um, that's interesting. 
That's interesting to think that you can go into every conversation um, just being that way and being that way today. Um, I was left with this thought when uh, Brandon and I, just for clarity of the audience, we had a personal conversation earlier today. But I was left with this thought because we spoke about uh, time and memories, right? Mm -hmm. And I was trying to write today, I was trying to write about the phrase around memories. I've said it a million times and I probably said it 990,000 times differently. But I was trying to figure it out. And the notion is very simple is that like, it's the what are you waiting for, right? We often go and say that knowledge and memories and all of these pieces of the puzzle that we think about or that we know. The trigger phrase, by the way, is I know. If ever a conversation isn't working for you, um, that listen to how many times you say, I know, I know. Because you're completely, first of all, you're not giving agreement to anybody else. You're saying, I understand. I understand. Um, um, is, is connective. I know it's not, it creates a wall between you. Um, but knowledge is just a memory. And so here we are, and it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that in certain moments, um, lessons from the past will help you. And in certain moments, lessons from the past will not help you. So it just, it is, it just knowledge is knowledge. And yet we look at these, we look at these pieces of the puzzle, like, a, we have an expectation of the past is going to be our future because that's what we get told, right? Your past is going to be your future, which if you apply knowledge, your knowledge to the future, well, that's exactly what it's going to be. See, this is, sounds so corny. I get so self, in, uh, uh, like concerned and, and self-aware when I say it, self-conscious too. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, this is so cheesy. This is why, see, I'm just, see how I'm, I'm almost uh, disassembling it before I say it. Um, so yesterday was at one point at today and it was also at one point at tomorrow, right? And tomorrow will eventually be today and today will eventually be uh, yesterday, right? Um, so if ever you want to recreate your memories around anything, it starts today because today will eventually be a memory. Today will eventually be yesterday. And if you can't rewrite the memory today, you can plan it in the future and prepare for it. So when today comes, you create it so it's a memory. And so when you talk about being a man and being a gentleman, it means that it doesn't actually happen tomorrow, right? You don't, it starts right now. And it's a series mm -hmm. of memories that we create backwards. That's a huge notion, a huge concept. So forgive me for trying to introduce it in two minutes. But really, that's what it boils down to, is that if you want to create the perception of who you are, then just create the perception of who you are, no matter what that is. You want to be the best truck driver in the world? Then right now, that's it. You do everything it takes to be the best truck driver in the world. It's one of those pieces that you have to you have to live into in order for it to become knowledge for everybody else. I just had a very insightful conversation uh, with this guy, Nate Bagley. He's doing this um, thing called the roommate syndrome. And he's doing a workshop for relationships and couples um, around it, where because of COVID and because of the pandemic, couples are starting to feel the the lack of desire, the lack of intimacy, because they feel too close and they're with each other all the time. And so that he's deemed it as roommate syndrome. And maybe he's 
maybe he's a person who's deemed it roommate syndrome and maybe it's coming from somewhere else. But we had this conversation around, um, we had this conversation around it. And in that conversation, I said to him, one of the, one of the keys to growing and building your relationship and building yourself is choosing your partner daily. Choosing your partner daily and not um, like not seeing them as the problem. You know, they see them as the argument from yesterday. They see them as the fight from yesterday. They see them as the person they were five years ago. They see them as a person who, or the choice they made 10 years ago and not fully embracing the person that's sitting in front of them right now today. You know, I meet people right now in my life and they look at me and they say, oh, he's such an amazing guy. He's such a great guy. He's such a great this. And then I think to myself, my God, if you met me 10 years ago, I don't even know if we'd be having the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Now people say things like, um, oh, you, he's the guy you want to marry your sister. And I say 10 years ago, I'm the guy you'd want to keep away from your sister. Right. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, yeah, if you met me even as much as five years ago, you might have wanted to punch me in the mouth. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if people in a moment can see the goodness in you for who you are in that moment, because they don't have a they have no concept of who you were. They have no concept of who you're going to be. All they have is what you're talking about is the now. So in relationship, I think it's important to, yes, take account of the things that you see and things that you've um, been asking of your partner, things you've communicated. But if you want to build and grow and the person's willing to put the work in. When you wake up, not even when you wake up, you know, just choose them in the now. Choose them in the now. It saves you resentment. It's not a guarantee. I'm not guaranteeing you that you won't be frustrated. I'm not guaranteeing you that you won't be mad. But if you make a deliberate decision to choose someone in the moment of now, you have nothing to hold on to, to add to the fuel of the victim in you, the hurt in you, and the part of you that wants to create a story that says, well, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of a relationship that's going to work and that's not healthy. You shift that narrative by choosing someone in the now. I love that now. Uh, that's a whole other conversation we should probably have is the bubble of now. I haven't... Uh... I haven't shared that one with you. We're going to have to save that for another day because it's way too big. Um, yeah. To the point about um, to the point about that choosing somebody though. If your old memories were bah ten years boredom blah relationship, <laughs> whatever it is, um, if you choose them now and you choose them in this day and you say, well, today I'm out to create you know connection with my partner or um, support because they're sick or understanding because they've been having a bad day at work. And that's all you stick to. And I, I personally, I recommend you just choose one. Like today, I'm going to do nothing but work to understand what my partner's going through. And that could happen in one, two minute window in the afternoon on a phone call. You could fulfill that to your integrity. It doesn't have to be like this all day chore. Right. But imagine the right. memories that get created and how your, your knowledge changes when you start to see uh, Greg fish, a guest we had on um, 
just last hour, last week, he said, you'll never be worse off for knowing what someone else thinks. Amen. And, um, Amen. imagine that. So if your old memory was, uh, you know, this is, this is a mistake or whatever, as you described, Brandon, you'll just start create, you'll start filing new memories in there about, wow, you know, this person really works hard. Or I had no idea that dad actually left for three years when they were a teenager, then came back 10 years later. I didn't know that. Right. So yeah. that's a remarkable way to look at things. So let's, um, we got to wrap it up. So let's, uh, let's look at what does old man Brandon look like? What does, uh, what does old man Shane look like? Cause what I'm guilty of and I got this is probably, um, my kids, the, I know is a bad one for me. That's a righteous one. That's a bad one for me. The kids will come to me and they'll say, Hey, guess what I found? You know, there's a new fastest car in the world. I know. And I just, that's like a dart in the forehead to a teenager. So I'm guilty of that one. So I would say that that's what I'll take is um, dropping. I know that's my old man thing that I'm going to start today. You know, I think my, my old man thing as they go for another raccoon, I love these guys. Um, I found that as much as I talk about vulnerability, the second I start to cry, I get really like I get tense. Hmm. I get like, I get the, like a, hey, you, a, hey, you know, Hey, no, we don't do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, cause it's a, it's a fight sometimes to just release for me. Uh, but that's, that's, that's one for me that, that I, I, when you talk about old man, that's the one for me is that, you know, if I see myself, um, 40 years from now, 70 something, let's go 50. Cause that guy, that guy was 85 that I talked to yep. 85. The latte guy. Yep. 80, 85. I mean, driving swinging the hell out of this Honda CRV <laughs> with his, his hot wife, hot for 80 something. I mean, you're taking your grandson to hang your babysitting at 85. I want to be babysitting at 85. Um, I think the warmth is that vulnerability he displayed, you know, and not fighting against it. I love it. Yeah. Sounds like a deal. I'll stick to it if you stick to it. I got you and you got me. You got it. Brandon Alexander, um, my friend. And um, uh, it's he, he teaches men how to talk to men. It's amazing. New Age Gents is the is the um, is the Instagram and the, the Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, Brandon G. Alexander is that that's the personal one, right? Brandon G. Alexander. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, check out Brandon's stuff if you like. Um, he has all kinds of things online, and not to mention, um, he's a cowboy, and maybe you'll see him acting or something, still chasing the Woo! dream. <laughs> Love it, Shane. It's always good talking to you. And, and just one last thing for the men out there I think, um, just because this is a cherry on top, you know, Shane and I had a very great conversation today. and Movember's mental health awareness for men and all these different things and suicide and, 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 and prostate cancer and all these different things for Movember. Um, you're never, you, 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 everyone could use a helping hand. 
at, at, at any point in life. You can be doing really, really good or really, really bad. We can all use a helping hand, a kind word, uh, and a, an encouragement of any sort, because no, we're not too good for that. We're not too good for that. So allow yourself to be open, allow your heart to be open, um, and allow people around you to speak into you and see you for who you truly are. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Are you okay? This came in on a text to having Christmas lights up before American Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, okay? it's from a Canadian. Yes, I'd be. Yeah, I'm okay with that. We're Canadian. We have separate times for Thanksgiving. Um, why can't we put up our Christmas decorations? It's not our Thanksgiving that's going down. Well, there I think it's the just the, it's just the timeline. I think is more. Yeah, the timeline is is what. So I used to put my Christmas lights up at on uh, Grey Cup weekend, which is very close. I used to, I used to do. Um, Matt, what's your what's your vote? Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with um, any kind of light show. If there's lasers involved, I'm totally in. Lasers. In for it. All right, there we go. Laser Christmas. Christmas. Are you okay with Christmas lasers? Um, uh, do you have any... Can you, can you get me in the spirit, Matt, at all? Like oh, this? oh, I can. While I... Because I'm going to create a life rule here. This is the... Uh, this is the life rule, my friends. This is what we've decided, the rules for life. Sometimes in life, we just need to create a rule just a rule for everybody to understand what to do. For example, no, you can't put your Christmas lights up before Halloween. If you want to put up orange lights or purple lights and orange or purple lights and call it Halloween lights, sure. Why not? And then turn them off after Halloween. You see, for me, there's one rule that I think we need to follow as Canadians. And that rule about and I love Christmas lights. You have to understand, I did Christmas lights at the Calgary Zoo, Christmas lights animated to music for seven years. I love them. When I lived in Port Alberni, my dad used to put Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and we went to every single Woodward's, I swear to God, on the island in Lower Mainland looking for a round Christmas light bulb for Rudolph's nose for years. We love Christmas. The rule is Christmas lights are welcome November 12th, not a day before. You want to keep them on until Valentine's Day? I don't care. Leave them on all the way through January. But they do not go on until November 12th. 12th after Remembrance Day. That's the new life rule. We've created it. Anybody object? No. No. There it is. New rule. Done. That was easy. We could be a government. (laughs) We have way less red tape. (laughs) Are you okay? Um... Are you okay with men in dresses? Uh, yeah, I am okay, actually. Um, I think if you, you know, whether you want to be a drag performer or whether you just want to express yourself, whether privately or publicly, you know, it, who cares, man? It, men, women, it's all the same now. Uh, it's all the same. Well, <laughs> I think you had me at the express yourself part. I don't think it's all the same. I think you get to be what you are. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. kilts. I'm all for the kilt. So I say, yeah, put on whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, Matt said it the best, like, who cares? Like why, why, <laughs> if someone wants to wear a dress, like let them wear a dress. Like, um, 
even though who you cares? wouldn't wear a dress, who cares? You know, like, you, know, you know, there's too many ju- judgmental people in this life, you know, for, <laughs> um, for uh, in this world. So let's like, let's just try to, you know, it's a piece just, of fabric. Someone exactly. has chosen a piece of fabric and put it on their body. <laughs> That's it. That's all it is. All right. On Friday, Harry Styles made history as the first man to appear solo on the cover of fashion magazine Vogue. Here's a sample from the magazine with the song uh, uh, Golden uh, going on in the background. Get the clip. In a year of seismic change on so many levels, the singer, songwriter, musician, actor, comic, and fashionista Harry Styles becomes Vogue's first solo male cover in its 108-year history. This is Hamish Bowes. Vogue's international editor-at-large. This September, I was lucky enough to spend time with the thoroughly engaging Styles at his London home and in the English countryside on the December Vogue sitting, photographed by Tyler Mitchell. Here is the story that resulted. The men's bathing pond in London's Hampstead Heath at daybreak on a gloomy September morning seemed such an unlikely locale for my first meeting with Harry Styles music's legendarily charm-heavy styles are, that I wonder perhaps if something had been lost in translation. But then, there is Styles, cheerily gung-ho, hidden behind a festive yellow bandana mask and a sweatshirt of his own design, surprisingly printed with three portraits of his intellectual pinup, the author Alain de Botton. Uh, Harry Styles has taken a page from Elton John's playbook, 100%. And he's doing a dynamite job doing it. He's all about fashion. He's extremely talented. He makes the pop songs. That got a little alt flavor to it. Do you think, Matt, if that wasn't Harry Styles, that would qualify as a new alt song anywhere in the world? Um, Like a folky adult rock. If that wasn't Harry Styles? If it wasn't Harry Styles. I think you put that in any coffee house from any, you know, sort of alt album genre in the world oh yeah no for sure for sure yeah. but because he's uh but because he's harry styles and he's a pop singer uh doesn't get treated the same way so all right um i say yeah he looks he looks great actually um who knew all right are you okay uh, did you edit this by the way the uh, song jason are we safe um yes i did it's, it's good okay. it's good to go okay it's good to go thank you I want to double check. Is it is filthy? Um, it is. <laughs> are you okay with an Aussie song about Trump? Oh, I love Aussie. Oh, wait, you mean the Australian Aussie? Right. Yeah, I'm okay with uh, Australian kind of anything, really. Yeah, me too. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Love that <laughs> accent. Okay, cool. Uh, with U.S. President, I, I would agree. Um, and even if it was Ozzy Osbourne, I would agree. Uh, with U.S. President Donald Trump losing the presidential election, refusing to concede it, th- this Ozzy Trump song was posted to Twitter has gone absolutely viral. Give it a boo. This is only a segment because it's too dirty. Bye-bye, Donnie. Your time is up so you can take your lies and you can go get f- The people spoke and they spoke by mail, so pack your Cause it's time to bail Sorry buddy But you lost it mate And like everything true You'll call it fake But who'd have thought You'd be such a wussy When America grabbed you By the pussy And threw you out After just one term Cause they finally realised That you're a germ And COVID's not the only thing You spread like lies Fear, hate, confusion and dread And you told your own voters Not to vote by mail In a global pandemic And that was your fail So shut up Donnie And practice what you preach Have some dignity And give your concession speech How's that? <laughs> that is catchy. 
That is catchy, man. Love it. I just, it does go on and on. It's pretty, as you can hear by what we had to edit out in that little piece. Um, it's quite filthy. And um, and it's good. There was one more. Are you okay? We won't do any audio with it that I posted. Um, there's a story. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a company in, in Britain. They've released a scented candle uh, in time for Christmas with the scent of 2020. And um, so you know, you burn your pine candle. At, I love the pine candle at Christmas. This is the scent of 2020. Anyone take want to take a guess what it is? Um, a, a dumpster fire? Uh, not quite has to do with Just, dumping. Oh, okay. It's I like can. garbage. Like the like the worst garbage smell that you can think of. That that would be my guess. Um, it has four fragrant layers uh, that takes you through subtle wasps of banana bread, hand sanitizer, DIY woody masks, along a spritz of budget aftershave in honor of 2020 TV icon Joe Exotic from Tiger King. So there you go. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. The 2020 scent of the year uh online retailer flaming crap give them credit and salute them thanks for listening to the podcast tune into the show online or on the radio for more show content and clips from the shift with drex go to the shift with drex.ca